Welcome to the Labour Life Podcast, a podcast series by AllStartsHere.sg, a community-based platform where any Singaporeans can talk to a trained listener and genuinely share about their problems without any fear of judgement. In this podcast series, hosted by one of our HearBuds Magic Bowl, we hope to create meaningful conversations around mental health through the stories of Singaporeans, ordinary Singaporeans like you and me, but who struggled through the so-called labour life. In doing so, we hope to raise awareness of mental well-being and break down the stigma surrounding mental health. So, let's start here. Today, we have with us here Ili. Ili has a story to tell us which is close to heart. And so maybe Ili, you might want to say something about yourself. Hi, this is Ili. I'm an artist and a writer. Recently, what I've been doing uh, is I've been adapting to my life back here in Singapore because the last five years I've been living in Malaysia. So coming back here feels kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we are here actually to, to find out more about this mental health illness, mm. right? So as, as I've seen inside your blog, uh, you had uh, uh, some of these uh, 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 symptoms or, or sort of you you expressed uh, you previously had this comorbid autism, autism and, and ADHD. ADHD. Yeah, so so that is what I think I, I want to find out more about. Uh, besides these symptoms, what else do you, do you have you gone through? Oh, I would say I've gone through depression and burnout. I s- and I've also want to share share it from a woman's perspective, I suppose, and also from someone of mixed race because like my father is Indian and my mother is Malay. So it's it's that's like also another layer to this mental health thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's quite an experience I'd say because you like I think being part of both communities, I don't really feel like I'm neither here nor there. It's <laughs> kinda strange. Okay. Yeah, then also being here as a Singaporean also it's one of the reasons why I went back to Malaysia is to kind of get a feel of what it's like to be, you know, part of a majority. Ah, okay. So it's, it's like, I thought, okay, la, I should be okay if I go back, if I go to Malaysia. Okay, well, I can speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm kidding myself when I say that I'm, I can speak the language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we always... <laughs> We always have, you know, having educated in Singapore, we always have this thing about, eh, my Melayu tak, tak berapa fasih lah. Yeah. So, so I guess that is the same for me as well. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like that, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah. So, so you, you said you were an artist. What kind of work do you do uh, as, an, as an artist, Ili? Mm, I used to do henna art. I, I would draw on brides, hands and feet. Um, those were very interesting times mm-hmm. because like I get to see more of the wedding cultures, mm-hmm. like how people celebrate their, their weddings and things like that. Yep. And, and you also said your, your, your interest or passion is in writing. So I believe you have a blog. You yes. want to talk more about the blog? I do. Well, the blog right now, I'm just, I will... Um, the blog, the blog right now, it's, you know, uh, I'll update it when I, when I can, because, okay, maybe I should break down more about this ADHD thing, Yeah. because 
part of the struggles of having ADHD is having a lot of interests. So as you're aware, I, I like to do art and then I like to write. I also, I also like to take photographs, be outdoors. It's really like, there's just a lot of hobbies. Yeah, it's hard to maintain too many things. Uh, and especially even being yourself is a hobby in a way. <laughs> okay, so, so, so what I hear is being ADHD, mm. it's like you have a lot of things that you like to do. Mm. So, but you are not able to sort of uh, maintain all the different hobbies. Mm. Like in a way, you can say that I'm consistently inconsistent. <laughs> okay, all right. But it's it's not that you know, I, oh yeah, it's, it's really like the, the dopamine, the brain is always looking for dopamine, dopamine, like it wants to feel some excitement. So that's why it keeps starting on new projects to try new things. It's always exciting to try new things, right? So that's, that was what, starting new hobbies was something that I used to do a lot before I realized I had ADHD. So only until when I and I started to notice that, hey, this is actually too many things. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I got to narrow it down and, you know, maybe just focus on a few. So that's what I've been doing, actually. At first, I suspected. And then um, I went to get a diagnosis to confirm it um, in 2017, I think. 2006, no, 2017, yes. So that's four years ago that you just realized that you... Uh, having uh, a diagnosed with ADHD. Mm, yes, and like a year before that, it was just like suspicions, like maybe I have it, but like I'm not really sure. Like I don't think I can say that I have it. So it's like I needed like a professional's opinion, mm-hmm. and it was actually quite. It's like going through a diagnosis is a whole experience as well uh, as well because like you will be going on a trip to revisit your your habits from your youth and be like oh yeah the symptoms were there all along you know it's just i didn't know that was a thing mm-hmm. you know i thought oh this is normal one of it was the executive dysfunction that i've mentioned it's, it looks like procrastination like i oh, i'll do this later but it's not like that it's more like i want to do this now mm-hmm. but i'm still sitting on the couch <laughs> and then i'll be like and i'm still sitting on the couch one hour later or maybe two hours later, you know? <laughs> but it's like, it's hard. It's more like a issue with task switching, mm. right? Say like you, you're on a computer and then you have a task manager, right? Mm. Like you want to quit this task, but you can't quit. <laughs> you're just stuck on that thing and you're not moving. So that's like some people use the word ADHD paralysis okay. to describe that. So when, when we are talking about AD, ADHD, uh, when I read up in the news or find out more information on the ADHD, the examples are always given like boys. Yes. Boys tend to have ADHD. But I probably am ignorant or, or there's not many news report that girls do have ADHD. So what, what do you say about that? Since you yourself are also being diagnosed with ADHD as a, as a woman? For for me, la, when I was young, I was in my report books, my my teachers would give would write in the remarks that Ili is a quiet girl or Ili is a shy girl. But it's like, and oh, then the, the favourite phrase they would use is she would have more, like she has potential or something like that and can do better or, but it can, can do better. 
can do better. Yeah. yeah. And there's one time, there's one remark that really stands out where she, this sec two teacher, she wrote that really sluggish, okay. <laughs> sluggish and something like that. This uh, the part that I would like to know more, the differences uh, shown in, in, in uh, ADHD for boys, I always see that, you know, they, they can't stop moving around and, and, and you know, maybe throwing tantrums. But for, for girls or, or women, how, how do you, how do they show? How, how do you show that, that you had this uh, ADHD? Mm, I think the tantrum is also quite relatable. Like it's a, like a disruption in communication. Like for example, when I do get focused in a task, and then there's like a compromise, I wouldn't say compromise, but like there's an interruption where I was not expecting. And then it gets me very fussy, yeah, no. like irritated. Like you feel like you don't know how to handle that sort of interruption. So it, it, it results in an outburst mm -hmm. and it seems like I'm cranky or like I can't stand people. <laughs> but it's more like a feeling in shock. Okay. That's why it ends, it's, it's an outburst. Yeah, I think that can that's the same maybe for boys and girls but I have the inattentive ADHD type where it, it looks more like I'm spacey I'm daydreaming oh yeah and it also shows up in speech because like you can't really figure out which phrase you want to use you kind of rush your speech a little bit mm. so if you <laughs> if you listen back to this podcast you really like you probably realize that there are some how do you say that? it's like it's like a traffic road traffic junction where all the lights are green ah, okay. yeah and then it's like it's supposed to just you know one phrase at a time but it's more like i have so many phrases i want to say <laughs> <laughs> and everything just wants to come up but i only have like one outlet so, so so you know um when you have adhd do your friends or, or, or family knows about these or how do you think or, or, or do they react when you tell them you have adhd or, or, or the com comorbid of what you said mm. uh, of well, ADHD and autism. The first time I opened up was to my mom. And I think because since we're only addressing this kind of topic now in this age, 2021, I can say it's quite relatively like the stigma is still around, right? Yes. So um, I don't really get to share with that many people except for those who can relate. I'll just, I don't know, it, it really boils down to you have to feel comfortable with yourself that this is what this is how you're made. Like you're made this way. Your brain is wired this way. Because mm -hmm. when you when you don't have that diagnosis, right? There's always this feeling of something is wrong with me. I'm, I'm slower than everyone else, or I'm not up to like normal standards. Which is kind of I think don't know the word normal is quite damaging sometimes because yeah. normal is different for everyone. It really boils down to like your own self assurance and self-esteem so if you're comfortable with that then it shouldn't bother you and especially having a diagnosis does help to to attain it so moving on to the podcast which we call the labeled life and you know everywhere it's all about labels hmm. so have you been uh, discriminate or, or, or you know being called names or being called labels when 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 people get to know of uh, these illnesses so far, no. But like before the diagnosis, I've kind names like lazy. <laughs> That's a very common, um, you know, misconception for people with ADHD. A lot of people will get that. And there's this fear of like being seen as unreliable. Then there's also that shame that builds up. 
it's not that ADHD, people with ADHD are unreliable. It's more like we need solid motivation. Hmm. Like something that we are passionate about. Then we can, if when you finally tap into that interest, right? You can, it's really boundless. Yeah. yeah. It work wonders. Like, yes. like, like you said, that the, your art, your, your henna art and your digital art. I mm. think, I think uh, that that's where you find that, that, that passion to, to actually develop it further. Mm. So, so maybe what has been the most difficult part with having ADHD beside the name calling? <laughs> this one, <laughs> a lot because it's really the disorganization, you know, like uh, the ability to perceive time mm-hmm. is one of the struggles because sometimes I actually wrote a book also. Wow. To, yeah, it's on Amazon. Um, that, um, uh, where I talk a little bit about ADHD and time perception. Mm-hmm. So, and also about the drumming. Ah, uh, drumming. Yes. What was the title of the book? Uh, it's called Let Go of Your Phone. Let Go of Your Phone. Yes. Wow. Nice. Yes. Because uh, uh, when you're stuck in ADHD paralysis, typically you'll be on your phone. Lah. Okay. <laughs> or it's either your phone, your, your screen or whatever device that that's your favorite device. Lah. Your, your tablet or whatever. So, so meaning when, when you wrote that book, it, it, the, the purpose is actually to get away from from the from a screen, mm. from like, the screen time. It's to understand why you tend to get stuck on your phone. This is for if you are unaware whether you have ADHD or not. <clears throat> and then um, I think in chapter four, I touch on a bit of drumming because drumming is a very time-keeping it's a timekeeping instrument, mm-hmm. right? So I was struggling with managing my time. Okay. It was like, it, it feels like I'm in a limbo sometimes, you know, back then, before I took up drumming. Then after I, I went for a few classes, I realized, oh, my issue is not with starting things, but with finishing. So I noticed that during the, when I was learning. So, so, so drumming is another outlet which you feel is able to, to sort of uh, slow slow or, or sort of keep up with time? Yes. Like, um, there's this TikToker who explained ADHD in a sense of like vehicles. Like people with ADHD have brains that are like, that it's a brain that's like an engine of a Ferrari, oh, okay. but with a brakes of a tricycle. So imagine being able to go that fast, but you can't stop. Mm. Yeah, so that is you know, another way to describe the, the ADHD uh, executive dysfunction. Okay. Hmm. Is ADHD for a lifetime? Do you think that, you no know, this this thing will stick to you throughout the, the whole lifetime? Yeah, definitely. This is because it's been, it's always been there. It was just, you didn't have a name for it. You know, you didn't understand what it was. And when you don't know what it is, you, you tend to, you tend to build up the anxiety and your se- the sense of shame as well, because you worry about, or oh, whether can I can I will I actually show up for this thing on the day itself, or you know. So I, I was lucky that you came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> some, sometimes it's not that it's not that we don't care about it. It's just these things. It's like it comes unexpectedly. The the whole getting bamboozled by your brain. So, so do you have like mood swings, like often? Oh yeah, I think this one is, is something to touch on. 
specifically for women because we have the cycle, right? We're on a we're on a cycle, and yeah, it typically does um, get it gets to low moods. Mm -hmm. Like you need to keep, stay keep engaged in a way, or and also it's not the best time to make any decisions during those times of mood swings because mm -hmm. you might end up in regret. Having experienced that. Have you been uh, making any bad decisions <laughs> when, when, when you have mood swing that you have to make a decision when you have mood swings? Yeah, I mean, we're all humans, human beings. I think we've experienced a few of those things before. Yeah, okay. All right, so me, you, you, you've done a lot of writing and also I, I believe you are well read as well. And um, maybe if you have a quote that you can, you, can, you can tell us about coping with ADHD, what would that quote be? I haven't really... Found one or wait, or, or maybe you have your own quote. Uh, you, you go ahead and, and you know mm. if you need visuals for to, to to explain. I guess it's something to do with calmness because like when you when you have this ADHD or depression, right? Sometimes you think far back or you think too far forward. You you get either overly depressed or anxious. So it's important to like be present in the moment and just look around, embrace that you're here and you're fine that you're here because sometimes there's a lot of this worry that oh i'm not doing anything i'm not doing the thing that i'm supposed to be doing or i haven't done this or like i failed doing this and there's just like a lot of ruminating of what are the bad things that have happened and what could happen so just you know the brains tend to take a bit of a negative turn sometimes because of this consistently inconsistencies <laughs> right okay. so we tend to focus on the bad stuff sometimes more than the good stuff uh, okay. hmm. so so meaning if, if i can say is it like do you overthink yes and then sometimes i underthink <laughs> uh, okay that, that, that's a quite a big that yes, spectrum it's, is yes there, it's yeah. actually like, like yeah there's there are two extremes to it you know it's like the bad side is where you know things uh nervous and anxious right but then, then the other side of it's just like you're confident you're like a risk taker and things like that you're adventurous spontaneous those are the good sides of it like, which is why i even that's why i ended up in malaysia because <laughs> i i mean because when i when i told my colleagues that i was moving there they'd be like why do you want, why do you why would you want to go there here good what <laughs> then then the maybe I want one thing I want to touch on for the the type of mental ill or mental health issues that you have. You are diagnosed, and do you see uh, a doctor for it? And do you take medications? Yes, I was actually I went to uh, Glen Eagles to see Doctor Bl Dim, yeah, and he specializes in ADHD. Um, at the time, he did ask whether I want to take medication, and I was trying to conceive, so we suggested not to like we rather we both agreed okay so basically i'm just managing my adhd through self-care self-care strategies, strategies like you know writing down my own little like rules mm. to or guidelines i would say i wouldn't say rules more like a guideline so if this happens do this you know so, uh, yeah so do you, do you write it down specifically in a, in a notebook or in a, in a whiteboard yeah i do actually i write it in my ipad and i'm thinking of like turning it into a like a format a mm. planner okay. for those who have adhd mm. hmm, then All maybe right. once it's out i can yeah. share 
I guess I guess I guess that's that's the the, the purpose of uh, what we are trying to do here. It's about sharing the journey as well as sharing strategies of how we can cope. Uh, because at the end of the day, we should view all these mental illnesses like a normal physical illness. Because uh, it's like like you 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 cannot be saying that because the stigma about mental illness is always there, mm. and I think what we want to do is to change the perception. Mm. And uh, you you feel that we are doing uh, a lot uh, at the moment uh, about this uh, destigmatizing mental illness. I think it's it's doing a lot better now. Like it's less like it's more commonly spoken these days than last time. It used to be like. Oh, it's all in your head. Well, of course, it's in my head. It's my brain. <laughs> it's in my head, of course. <laughs> Where else is my brain, right? So, okay. So maybe uh, probably a, a last question for you. Mm. Do you have any words of advice for men, women who are struggling with mental illness? Mm. I think when you're struggling with mental illness, the first thing that you tend to feel is really shame. That you are you feel like there's no one I can talk to or like, oh, I don't want to open up to this person because later they'll think I'm so-and-so or whatever, right? Like, I'm crazy. But like, don't try not to look at it that way, but just understand that we're all human and we're all going through things that we don't understand. And sometimes you can't figure it out by yourself. It's good to actually talk to someone mm -hmm. and also practice some vulnerability. And it's always good to pick someone that you you know, you can be safe to express, you know, because there, there are some, sometimes it's not safe to express to certain people. So you need to know, find your people mm. to talk to, so, find so your safe space. Safe space. And I, I guess support is also important. Mm. Yeah. Like, like what I, I believe what you have done is also um, to, to speak to a doctor because uh, when you are speaking to someone, a professional, then you'll be able to sort of understand the kind of illness that you have and to probably research further so that you know exactly what are the things that you should do. Am, am I right? Mm, yes. And I, like personally, I prefer to find um, someone of like a similar cultural background because we know the insights of what the culture is like. Mm -hmm. For example, like, you know, stereotypes and the way you know, class, stuff like that, right? Okay. It does, it does, these intricate things do play a part in how we perceive life. So I always try to find someone who has that understanding. Really, really thank you so much, Ili, for, for, for sharing the journey with us. Uh, it, it, it really has been an eye-opener to learn about your journey, uh, as well as what I can say is that, unfortunately, there are many misconceptions about ADHD and these misunderstandings, I feel, can be very, very hurtful mm. for people living with it. And, and some people also inaccurately uh, uh, believe ADHD is a made-up uh, disorder, yes. which is over-diagnosed or over-medicated. Mm, yes, I've, I've actually, yeah, that was one of the things that I experienced. Like when I tried to open up that, I think I might have it. And then that was the response that, oh, yeah, this is a, a made-up research, it's phony and whatever. But like what they listed down is a struggle that I actually can relate to, like I resonate with these issues. So how can you like invalidate it? Yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you, you chart, you chart your own course, mm -hmm. right? Uh, um, through this con conversation, I, I believe I learned from you is uh, never to give up and be confident in what you do. Mm. Find your safe space. 
And there may be tough times, but the difficulties which you face will make you more determined, I believe, uh, uh, to achieve the objective and to win against all the odds. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Don't for, be afraid of failure. Ah, yes. I guess tough, tough times never last, but tough people do. Just like you, really. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so guys, I, I really hope you know the sharing uh, by Ili uh, will help more people out there. And uh, the truth is, there are many people living in silence about their mental health. And like any medical issue, it's an individual right to only disclose what they feel comfortable uh, discussing. But opening up about mental health disorders is the most effective way, I guess, and uh, of to fight the, the stigma around it. And to, to, to more people who share their experience, the more other people will understand uh, what these illnesses are. And uh, and to be more acceptance uh, to to be more accepted uh, when when people uh, hear about these uh, mental health issues. So any last words, Ili? If you feel like you've lost faith, then you can at least believe in yourself. Like you know, believe in yourself. It's actually very powerful. So really, thank you so much, Ili. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to the end of the episode, and I hope that we all move beyond the label. And let's destigmatize um, um, all things related to mental health. And catch you at another episode of the Labeled Life podcast series. And don't forget to visit our website at www.itallstartshere.sg. Thank you, Eli, so much. Thanks, Bo, for having me. All right, Magic Bo out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Labeled Life podcast, a podcast by itallstartshere.sg. You can follow eallstartshere.sg on our Instagram and Facebook. And remember, our earbuds are always here for you if you need a listening ear.